On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out what the greatest moment of X-Men the Animated Series is, how well Riverdale does at writing its own songs for its annual musical, and if Mike learns how to turn into animals from the host of Animorphing Time. All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet that reviews every single live-action television show based on a comic book, as well as some of the animated ones. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode. I have some friends here who are going to help me out. Uh, First of all, of course, there's Ryan. Now, Cassie, um, I am in control of the weather tonight, and so what did you want the studio to be? Because I have it right now at a balmy... 78 with okay. light sprinkling coming down across us. A little bit of dew, a little bit of mist, if yeah. you will. A little bit of Sierra Mist. This is literal lemon lime Sierra Mist soda that is falling on us as rain. Is that cool? That's actually rad because at first I thought it was just that annoying mist. And I was going to be, I did want to bring that to you and question that because, you know, that's just causing issues. That's getting the mics, the gear wet. But now that I know it's fucking Sierra Mist. Well, my mic is sparking like crazy. Also, I have thunder pulled up to uh, 11, and so there's just going to be huge, loud, like, uh, shocking booms that happen throughout the show. Is that cool with you? I think that's rad. I think it keeps us on our toes. Um, you never know when that thunder be rolling. Maybe it'll hit at a moment when I say something cool, and that'll Kaboom! be the best. Nope, it didn't work that time. God damn it. Um, also, that was turned up to 11. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Our thunder, our thunder is a little weak. Should I turn it up to fifteen? Hold yeah, on, go ahead, go Let's turn it up to fifteen. More. Let's see what All it right. can do. Cassie, say something cool. Let's see what happens. Um, I pooped my pants. <laughs> yeah, that's that's thunder as if it was a WWE wrestling. Yeah. That's how we do it. <laughs> you get in the cage. I'll get in the cage. I'm not going to get in the cage with thunder. The idea of thunder like that's gonna be crazy absolutely not how do you fight thunder uh, it's just fist. noise yeah bring that fucking noise bro. you fight it with lightning but they're buddies they're you like split that, he splits his button too i do think that thunder and lightning are not enemies but they are friends that solve crimes together yeah like they're best of friends <laughs> yeah i think that's what his weather has told us the crime of why isn't that dog scared I'm going to solve it. Now it is. We simply must know. Let's call in our buddy Fireworks, and he'll finish the job. <laughs> that one will do it. Fuck those. Um, that other voice you hear is Mike, and it should be noted, not the voice of Thunder. Absolutely. Nobody <laughs> thought it was. My voice is very different. Also, rude to my friend Caitlin. She interrupted first, which means she should be introduced first. Damn, I interrupted did she? last. That's um. That is my sincerest apologies. We do have Caitlin here. Hi. Yeah. Boom. That wasn't me either. <laughs> boom. <laughs> Can you do your best impression of a tornado for me? 
wow, that is a very gentle tornado as well. <laughs> I've never seen one in my life. So you seen well, the movie you... Twister? Yeah. I actually haven't. It like picks up fucking cows and shit. Oh, okay. Ooh. Wait, you've seen Smallville. It like picked oh, yeah, up I have. the entirety of Lana and her car. Like <laughs> that can do some damage. Somebody say Have I told you guys about the uh, new game my two and a half year old daughter is playing? No, what's that? She, she has a uh, mama bunny and a baby bunny. And they uh, hold each other and they kiss each other because they love each other because it's the mama and the baby. And then she'll spin around and she will huck the baby bunny as far as she can. And then the mama bunny will be like, no, my baby. (laughs) And then she'll spend the rest of the day trying to find that baby bunny. And the mama will be in deep stress the entire time. Wow. That she caused. There was no tornado. There was no thunder and lightning. She caused that stress to happen. She gets the power of human drama. She knows Already how to at such a young age. Yeah, she knows how to write a story. She knows there's got to be something to keep the people watching. Also, the whole time she's singing, somebody save me. <laughs> she's gonna go far, Ryan. You just need to know that. Um, but she has to go as far, far as to the find baby that baby. <laughs> yeah, the baby bunny. Have you missed Mike being in studio so you guys can't jump over each other like that? <laughs> no. I love how you two are the two Gladys Knights and we're the two Pips who just repeat the same thing in the background over over each other. This is awesome. I'm glad that we're in fucking sequin tuxedos and we just keep doing this dance. Like Stupid we're... in stereo. <laughs> Uh, it feels good to have everyone back. Um, it also it feels good to be talking about comic book TV shows, you guys. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about The Walking Dead, Dead City, Riverdale, Secret Invasion. Mike's also going to be talking with the guys from Animorphing Time. But before we get to all of that, we have to figure out the best moment of X-Men the Animated Series. It's when we also rogue's ass. Done. <laughs> We are back for X-Taz. We're still saying goodbye to this beautiful show. And to do that, now we must decide what our favorite moment is of the entire series. An impossible task, some would say. Um, but there's four people brave enough to try to take this on. Um, bravery, right? That's what we're here for. Yeah. To, to show off our bravery. True heroes. Um, we deserve medals for this. We are the ones... But Ryan, what is a classic like Extaz moment for you? Like, what are the ingredients needed? What's going to make it stand out? Uh, this is such a good question, and I think that I'm going to forego like the memery and the mm. making fun of, and like I want to go past that and be like, this hit me in the heart when we we were watching the show as a joke, and now I'm crying mm. and <laughs> and fuck you three and fuck the creators. I think that like there's something more. There's there's like two different kinds of iconic, and there's this iconic that's like it lived on forever because of memes, and there's iconic because it lived on forever in my feelings, mm-hmm. and I think that I will typically lean towards the second one. Okay, so you're going for more touches the heart. I'm an emotional guy. Okay, we all know this about you. That is honestly not what I expected. Um, Mike, what's going to make a moment stand out for you? The 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 ones that made me go. I like this as a six-year-old. Uh, it's those moments as reassessing as an adult. You're like, how did this either keep my attention or did I understand what it meant? Or they made this show for kids. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of those moments, and I think that's what stands out. Okay. I like in all these. Uh, Caitlin? 
Okay, so I'm going opposite of Ryan. Um, he said memeable, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's it. And then he was like bashing it. I was like, oh no, no, those are my moments. But it's the memeable moments that aren't just there because it was funny. It's because it like hit. Like I mean, we know Wolverine and his love for Jean Grey. That is a touching moment and also a meme. So I think that is like a, a beautiful moment and an example. If it was one of those episodes where Wolverine just ran into like was in Japan and did nothing and jumped out of a tree. I don't know if that's the best moment, but you know, you know what I mean? That, there's a lot of those on the bracket. I think remember those times where uh, Wolverine was in a Japanese house with like very easy to open doors and he still ran through a wall. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, buddy? What the fuck, man? Uh there's going to be so many good moments. We got to get this started because it's going to take us a while. Um, let's go ahead and go over to our bracket. We have number one seated Beast Falls in Love. Um, Ryan, what? tell me your feelings about this moment. So I think, is this a blind lady? This is blind lady. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to say her name's Alicia. Alicia Masters, is that? That feels that like you're thinking else. of the Fantastic Four the thing character. Am I being blindest? <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, Beast uh, definitely has a beauty, right? And um, yes. I, I think that when we talk to the Lewals, Lewalds, Lewalds, that uh, she said that this is one of her favorite episodes because it was uh, a remake of City Lights, uh-huh. the Charlie Chaplin movie. Man. And they made this for kids. Uh, <laughs> what's crazy is not only does Beast fall in love because she's blind, and she falls in love with him. But he's her doctor. Yes. Breaking so many ethics mm. and practices right here. Yeah. Not okay. And then the handsome doctor, instead of being like, hey, man, that's not okay where her doctor is. He's pissed because she's in love with Beast. And it's also like, how often are they getting to hang out? Like, is are they just scheduling appointments just to, like, get a vibe check with each other? Because that's going to get expensive. Yeah, if you go to kp.com, because, like, <laughs> let's assume she's Kaiser Permanente, sure. and, like, reason for visit, and he's, like, a fucking smooch out, make out <laughs> vest, and maybe some touching. My heart aches for her. <laughs> and they're like, cool, man, copay, $15. Let's do this. <laughs> let's go for it. Um, all right, that moment is going to go against our 16th seated Wolverine fights Alpha Flight. Yeah. Okay. The, the Canadian super team. Yeah. That they're like pissed at him for being in Canada. He used to be their friend. You have uh, Vindicator, Snowbird, Puck, the twins. I forgot I, about I, Puck. I, I love Puck. Everyone loves Puck, Everyone. right? He's you like, can't forget about Puck. His so- symbol on his chest is a big pig. <laughs> <laughs> but Vindicator, that name, right? Like, and, and you, you will say you're vindicate the me. Hero? You're the good guy here? <laughs> I'm mad at you. And you will vindicate me. Like, he, he was clearly going to uh, turn. And then yes. Wolverine just fucking takes them all down. Even though some of them have the, the shaman. They, some of them have the uh, powers of a god. And Sasquatch? Like, uh, Sas- uh, Sasquatch. And, yeah, they, they all have good powers. But they're all so fucking dumb and Canadian. <laughs> that they can't take out Wolverine. Now, do you guys remember how many good quips does he have in this? Is there some good Canada puns, we think? Uh, or just... Based on watching every episode of this show, I would say zero, Cassie. I would say he has literally zero good quips. Perfect. Yeah. That tracks. Um, all right. Between these two, I need to know what you guys are feeling. Mike, I'll start with you. Beast Falls in Love versus Wolverine Fights Alpha Flight. Wolverine Fee Alpha Flight for me. Oh, wow. 16 seed for Mike. Ryan, where are you going? 
Oh, I shuffled these seeds, by the way. So they're all random. Uh, uh, you yeah. mean the beat. Nobody's number one seed would be Beast Falling in Love. Honestly, I thought Lee it was <laughs> insane, but. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Beast Falls in Love for me, Cassie. All right, Caitlin. Ah, oh, geez, this is a hard one, but I do think I'm going to have to go with the upset of uh, Wolverine fights the Canadians. Okay. The Canadians are pushing it through. That is moving on our next bracket. We have, first of all, eight-seated Rogue puts her boyfriend in a coma. That classic situation. I mean... Which we got to see multiple times. Right. That moment was so powerful, you saw it a thousand times in this series, and then it made it into live action. (laughs) Like, we're... uh Anna uh, Paquin had to relive it. Anna Paquin just watched the animated episode <laughs> of her doing this. <laughs> this one, this episode, I remember standing out because all the ones where we got backstories on them, most of them were good. Um, Rogues especially stood out. And the fact that we just got to see her uh, put that homie straight in a coma. And Well, one, mm-hmm. one good thing about the uh, Rogue backstory is that it was not about Wolverine. Yeah, that always <laughs> Yeah, that helps. was nice. At number two, we got to hear her, like, she put a guy in a coma, and she was like, oh, my God, you're like a frog that's like a horny toad in the church <laughs> with a rocking chair, with a cattail, with a gumbo, with a lipstick, with a rogue, with a gambit, with a horny toad, with a frog. I can't believe that's you a classic line of dialogue. this much of X-Taz, Ryan. It's insane. Yeah. All right. That's moments going against our next one, which is going to be Jubilee tells her story. Mike, explain this one to me. I mean, who could forget Jubilee? T- oh, shit. I actually did just remember her telling her story. I thought you meant like how she became like, got in one little fight. My adopted parents got scared saying, you're moving to Professor Xavier in Westchester, New York. Uh, she and these kids who somehow she is the only adult in the room. She did you guys watch Mike that entire time trying to figure out what the fuck was going on? <laughs> She takes him to these caves and then tells such a batshit shitty story uh, to distract them instead of trying to find oxygen. Yeah. She's, <laughs> they're like she's getting high, right? <laughs> yeah, she's dying from the lack of air, and she's just like, and Wolverine was Hulk, but real hot in the eyes of Caitlin and Cassie. Yeah, but this episode, of course, stands out to us because so many beefy boys. The um, animation was weird. Uh, by weird, do you mean absolutely beautiful? Perfect in yeah. every single way. Weird. Um, but I don't know how is this one right. Like this one to me is a classic because it was so insane from premise to execution to watching it. Um, but is this this is one of the moments that isn't stacking well for you guys because you're going for heart moments and this yeah. feels more memeable. So uh, I'm a rogue guy. I don't even think it's memeable. It is. People who have watched this whole show forget this episode mm-hmm. happened. That's insane. <laughs> I will not forget this one. We'll never forget. Um, I guess let's go ahead and move on to Brack. You're voting then. Uh, Mike, we got Rogue. Put- yeah. Yep. Rogue putting Cody into a coma. All right, Ryan, I'm guessing that's where you're going to? Yeah, because um, I'm not looking for what fits perfectly into my spank bank. I just want the greatest <laughs> TV moment. Oh, now all of a sudden you're saying that. But hold on. Wait a little bit in this bracket. I'm fucking sure. <laughs> um, I, Cassie, I don't know what to as what. Therefore, you're referring. <laughs> Objection. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Caitlin, it doesn't matter, but I just need to know what you would have voted for. Uh, I, God. That cave story was so good, but I guess putting a boy in a coma is pretty funny. Well, not okay. funny, not funny. It was <laughs> no, yeah, she's a feminist hysterical. hero. <laughs> <laughs> All 
it was just it was mentioned so many fucking times we saw it so many times it is cody cody all right our next moment we got seated at number four which is the morlocks get a christmas ah (laughs) so important for everyone to get a christmas um caitlin that kind of emotion yeah caitlin did we do the show with somebody else right was it keith or i can't tell you someone yeah i don't remember either but it was a a very important moment it was indeed and i guess was so we were so grateful that they were here for us (laughs) but um this one um sticks out because it was a holiday episode and they were like it was another time that jubilee was in the cave was this the same time where jubilee tells the story she loves caves no, yeah. she just loves she she's like shopping and then there's fights and then she ends up giving the present yes. she shopped to the Morlocks. Yes. And Grinchy Jubilee's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> I was gonna say this sounds like a touching moment. Um how touching was it for you guys? Is this It that- was like a Charlie Brown tree too. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean there's sewer people. Um that They eat poop and they drink pee. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan's starting a new rap. I know. <laughs> All right, that is going against our next moment, uh, which is Bishop comes to Westchester. Oh, come on. (laughs) So is this specifically his stinger every time he enters? Can this kind of go across all? Like He'll walk into one alley and then leave and then go down to another. Like Every time he goes down an alley, he's like, wow, wow, wow. (laughs) It's just an Aerosmith song at all times. (laughs) <laughs> and is it canon that he's actually doing it? Because we never see his mouth. It kind of always starts at like I, his boots. Right. I assume it's his ringtone and he's just constantly <laughs> ignoring calls. So his sweet ringtone plays out. Um, all right, Mike, I'm going go to clip. go to you first. Morlock's Christmas versus Bishop Stinger. Which one's going? I'm a Morlock lover and a Jubilee defender normally. But come on, nothing can be. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, Caitlin, where are you going? Uh, as much as Jubilee giving a bunch of presents to the Morlocks, I'm going to have to go with the Stinger as well. All right, Ryan, as it doesn't as... matter, but which one would you go for? I'm going for Jubilee, Cassie, because I'm not wow. a fucking animal. Okay. Well, no, um, it's the Stinger, and Mike, can I hear it one more time, please? Yes. That is not the song at That's all, it. but now that this is the song in everybody's head. <laughs> All right, next bracket, we got our fifth seated, which is Jean sacrifices herself to stop the Phoenix. Now, this was a whole series, essentially. We had a whole little mini segment to get to this moment, which seems big. Um, Mike, how does, how much does this stand out, especially from when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. When you were a kid, you didn't know your heroes could die. Mm. Like, X-Men taught me that. The one who trips the most, because she's the most powerful, will eventually die to save everybody else. Uh, yeah, burned into your brain, and to the point that movies keep trying to recreate its power and cannot hold a candle to what the cartoon did. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Yeah, it was fun. She was like, oh, <laughs> I tripped into this again. This ghost fire bird phoenix. Cool. Do you have phoenix force and snap yet, Ryan? I do. It's <laughs> pretty boss. I, would just I like don't to... use it, though. I, I, I made new decks around it. I don't really use it. We. I just put it in my death deck. We're only like 20 <laughs> minutes in. I'm, I'm surprised that you guys made it 20 minutes from being reunited to get Sorry, snapped. there's not a Morlock Christmas card. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, our next moment, we got Gambit and Rogue kiss. So here we go. Now we have emotions. Rogue loses her powers. Gambit can finally fucking put the Mac down on 
He puts the Macdown on. He puts the Smackdown on. This is where our hearts are beating out of our chest. This and is the number one moment. So this is... They kiss a few times. This is so this the story of a girl <laughs> who lost her powers and kissed a dirty girl. Wait. Yeah. Not no, no, no. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. No, you, you did it. Um, Riffing, uh, uh, being Weird Al off the top of your head right away is hard, okay? Um, this had- but this is not the time where he thinks he's kissing her because she kissed him but and it, it was morph. It turns out he's <laughs> kissing a pumpkin. That it's not that time? No, it's not that time. No, she loses her powers, and they get to kiss. And you're saying your heart magical. beat because you were happy about this, and you didn't want to like throw up instantly that this was fucking happening. It's Gambit. It's fucking Gambit, bro. I'm going to take this to a vote. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Between... Phoenix. Phoenix and Gambit. Gene sacrificing his... Between X Phoenix. Between X is Phoenix and um, <laughs> Gambit and Rogue kissing, which you, nasty. Um, what are you going for? I think Jean sacrificing herself is such a big, important moment. But goddamn, what makes the X Men machine run is people smooching. <laughs> I gotta say, Gambit and Rogue. Uh, Rogue kisses Gambit, and Gambit tastes like cigarettes and charms. <laughs> Just and I have to say Gumbo. that. Uh, that means that, Mike, you know what it's like to kiss me. I feel like yes. they don't. Because when it, you kiss me, it's cigarettes and charm. I'm the rogue to your gambit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely you are. Um, absolutely you are. And that makes them as nervous as a cat full of room full of rocket chairs. It absolutely <laughs> does. Um, I think that means I probably know where Ryan's going. So, Caitlin, I'm going to ask, what what are you voting for? Yo, Beans, uh, definitely, not, uh, definitely not gambit. You're going Phoenix? Yeah. Like a Phoenix. <laughs> um, Ryan, where are you going? I'm obviously going Phoenix. Mike yeah. is a disgusting, borderline homeless oh. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that I really took a turn. I don't know if he had to hit it that hard, um, but he did. All right. So that then means our next bracket. Um, Battle. Our next. God damn it. How many years? <laughs> How many years, Cassie, without learning the terminology? This whole thing is a bracket. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, there's like many brackets within the bracket. All right. Those are rounds, no, and this is a battle. There are many brackets within a big bracket, um, but you know what? I'll listen to that. I'll take another week. Um, maybe in this next week, I'll learn how a bracket works. <laughs> and- uh, that whole battle right there, though, that was a battle. Mike versus Cassie in terminology, and I think Cassie won. What? For sure. yeah, thank you, Ryan. <laughs> um, it feels It's so rare to have him on my side. It feels so good. Um, we are running out of time though, you guys. So I am going to cut this whole bracket in half. We're going to pause it. We're going to continue the rest next week with our next, how many battles is that? Uh, eight? Four more until we get to the next round and then there's four and then so on. And then so That's a lot on. of math right there, Cassie. Whew, it was too much for me, clearly. Um, so that's going to be next week. But before we get to all of that, um, I do have some time to talk about a website. And Mike, I believe you were talking about a big website plan. Um, you want to share that with us? I hope it's yeah. math.com where we learn about math. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fuck that website, bro. Should I not do that one? Because that is what I find. That it's uh, bratpack.net. And the tagline is, do you have dumbass friends who still don't know how brackets work, even though it's how all of pop culture runs these days? And we just break down. It's a lot of... Uh, PowerPoints, a lot of interactive videos and demos. 
and we show you how to show your dumbass friends how a fucking braggart was. Yeah. <laughs> this would have been nice to have a while ago. Yeah. Not, it sounds well, a, that's why I'm making it. Well, I feel like this is like, it's past its time. Like, we needed this a long time ago. Like, we've already learned You're, how to, like, suffer. Um, you clearly haven't. Well, Caitlin, Ca- you might have. I don't know. Cassie, Cassie said before the bracket. A fight a bracket. <laughs> before the bracket, Cassie said, and I quote, is this serpentine? Like, what the <laughs> fuck are we doing here? Listen, not everybody runs their life on bracket, okay? I wasn't Idiots born don't. in bracket. Yeah. Um, so I guess- okay, that's my next tattoo, born in bracket, but in like 2000s hardcore style font. Ra- raised by fire, born by bracket. <laughs> Um, this clearly is an important website, and I personally need it. So I'm going to send you over to my friend cybersprout.net because they're going to help you make this website. Mike, they offer so much. They offer premium hosting that's specifically built for WordPress. They also handle security maintenance, backup, speed optimization. They'll migrate your website for free. They focus on collaboration, goal-driven design, and they also understand brackets, which is going to be huge for you. Cybersprout.net, your partner for a digital world. Coming up next, it's the pull list. <laughs> We are back for the pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First show starting it off is The Walking Dead, Dead City. On episode three of The Walking Dead, Dead City, Jenny is on her way to Manhattan. Pearlie is hunting down Negan. Negan and Maggie are trauma bonding. But what we need to focus on is that Crow is using the turkey float from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to lure in walkers. <laughs> Taste buds, I ask you, what float would you take to lure in walkers? Elmo. Charlie Brown and this big dumb head. <laughs> Uh, what was that one where like Spider Man sort of deflated and then Charlie Brown's head like went right into his asshole? Do you guys remember that? Picture? I was trying to remember which one ate ass because that is yeah. the correct answer. I don't. I don't think it was Charlie Brown because come on, how much more trauma can that kid take in? That fucking bald headed idiot. For some reason, I feel like it was Elmo eating Spider Man's ass, but that also doesn't sound right. That's just what. Cassie's dreams are made up. For some reason, and hear me out, I don't know where I'm getting this. <laughs> I'm picturing it. His name is Tickle Me Elmo, and you're like, automatically, it's a butthole thing. It's a butthole thing. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> is that why all 17 of your bumper stickers, Cassie, say it's a butthole thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically to reference that. And I do need 17. One, one for each of your assholes. <laughs> <laughs> some say too many assholes. I say not enough. Um, The Walking Dead Dead City is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Riverdale. This week's episode of Riverdale is the semi-annual musical episode. And instead of having the characters perform a musical, but also live in one, like they did for Heathers, Hedwig, and Carrie, this time the show is writing its own original songs. The musical about teenagers writing a musical about teenagers writing a musical also features Kevin Keller being told his parents' divorce is not his fault. Betty and Veronica's love for each other uh, being more than how much they love boys. And Archie is still trying to figure out if he wants to do basketball or poetry. Because as Riverdale Law says, you can only do one. Taste buds, I ask you this. Well, what have you asked me how the original music compares to the music they've used in the past? Hey, Ryan? Yes, Mike. How does the original music compare to the music they've used in the past? You know what? If I, if I told you a C-, minus. Aren't you kind of impressed by that? I mean, these are pretty impressive. three classic musicals, and I, it was it was not great, and it was like very musical. It was like, hey, I'm brushing my teeth right now, and I've never brushed my teeth harder than before, but it was still kind of good. Mm. I love that song. <laughs> I'm going to sing it every morning when I brush my teeth. 
Was there? Is it going to sound like the B-52s? Yeah. That's the only way I know how to sing. That's if if you want to write a song real quick, just be like, "Hey, there's a great white shark, and my leg is getting bitten by it." <laughs> the kids will go gaga, and the kids it. love it. Was there um, a musical that stood out to you, uh, a banger of one, or were they all um, just kind of mediocre? Uh, do you want me to mo- ruin my moment of the week, Cassie? Nope, <laughs> not if you got more to talk about. There was one where, like, uh, okay, so the whole thing is, like, Archie the musical, right? And they're all acting like they are in the comic book, where, like, every girl's in love with Archie. And then every time the music stops, they're like, man, fuck that ginger bitch. He's a moron (laughs) idiot. But then when the music starts again, they're like, I love Archie. You love Archie. We love Archie. Let's fall in love. And then it cuts again. And that part was pretty great. But there's one song where Archie is at Pops at the diner at the table uh, or at the bar that you sit at. And he's like, my name is Archie and here I am. And then he just sits down like that was it. it There was a 12 second song and that was the best song. (laughs) That's what I expect from Riverdale. I'm so glad they did it. Um, That was your moment of the week. No, of course not. My moment of the week is uh, Archie wants to quit the play, the musical. And Reggie, no, not Reggie. Um, who's the Blossom, the Cheryl's Cheryl? brother? The new Jason. 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 Is Joshua? It's Jason. Jason wants to take over for Archie. So in order to prove himself, they both start running next to each other, and then they both start racing each other, and then they both start singing to prove. And nobody's out there. Nobody's watching them. <laughs> Just the two of them start singing to see who is the loudest singer. And then, after that, they both take off their shirts. <laughs> and then they they just run shirtless singing to nobody. That's my moment of the week, Cassie. Wow. These wonderful beautiful. ginger idiots. Um, Ryan, this episode sounds absolutely delightful. Is it one that's worth going back to watch? Or is it one that's good to hear about secondhand? Oh, man. that I, I think that your time is so precious. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely do not watch this. That would be insane. <laughs> that would be absolutely insane. Ryan does the work for all of us, and I thank you for that. God, the real hero again. Um, Riverdale's Wednesday's on the CW. Our last show of the week is Secret Invasion. And the third episode of Secret Invasion. Fury and his wife argue about whether or not it's messed up that he bailed on her for years right after he unblipped after which disappeared him for years meanwhile graphics trying to start world war three by having a sub attack a plane maybe next episode he'll have a train attack a bus taste buds <laughs> ask you this are the tensions and mysteries deepening at our halfway point in the show or does this episode seem like kind of a step back from the first two a step back from the first two would be this is the worst show of all time <laughs> i thought this was the best episode of the three oh. am i wrong oh no it- i thought this was bad I, I, I don't know if it's because I've already lost so much steam that it's hard for it to even have like a win for me, but it's like, it's dragon. It was so hard to keep my attention for this whole episode. I like the first two episodes a lot. Oh. And so Mike, just what, so, just to fill you in, uh, we did not. Mm-hmm. Nice. Love that <laughs> for you guys. Uh I don't know. It felt at least it's it's nowhere like I like spy shit. It's not Winter Soldier level at all, but it's I don't know. It's a different flavor than Marvel has been in a while. What I'm getting sick of is Fury feels like he's doing an impression of Nick Fury and him and Talos being like, and how could I trust you? Their little 
back and forth will they won't they bullshit is getting really tired. Oh yeah. And it feels like the show is in love with it and thinks having them having the same conversation is beautiful. Well, I think that's the 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 whole thing was pitched on Talos and Fury energy, right? Like that's right. their back and forth will be wonderful. Uh, in this episode, we found out that uh, Nick Fury has done nothing ever. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was all scroll spies that like did all of the work for him. And so I think there's an obvious ending for this show. He's going to be a scroll. He's going to be a scroll the whole time. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Not the whole time. Not like uh, when I'm in Robert Downey Jr.'s apartment. That wasn't me as a scroll. But at a certain point, I became a scroll, and that's why. I've been relying on everybody. Because mm, real Nick Fury dead was never left space. Because in in Marvel lore, Nick Fury is essentially uh, akin to Steve Rogers in that, like, I am a fucking super soldier, right? And so they could be playing with that and saying, like, well, Nick Fury is a fucking moron. Although it feels weird to say we're gonna cast this classically white character as a black dude and then have the black dude be a moron. So I think well, scroll. He hasn't been a moron the whole time, right? Like it's, it's pretending like they've had a twenty year plan is bad shit. They they have not. <laughs> they never thought they'd get this far. <laughs> were you two questions, I guess. Uh were you taken off guard that uh Gaia died and also she didn't really die, right? I don't I don't number one, she died and I was like, She's not dead. Number two, even if she died, I don't feel like I have enough investment in the character for it yeah. to like yeah. affect me at all. So I was like, no matter what, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. Let me answer uh, both questions, Mike, with uh, four words. I don't give a fuck. Uh, <laughs> but like, what? What if Gaia was like, oh, I got shot in the leg, and I'm fine, but I will turn into a scroll right. to trick. The person who killed me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, "Do scrolls never scroll each other? Like, there's nobody's ever done that." So <laughs> that's the you didn't think she could do that. That's the number one song on Scroll Radio is <laughs> Scroll X. <laughs> do scrolls never scroll each other? DJed by Scroll X. Mm-hmm. That's why in in every Scream movie, I'm like, if I if my friends are dead, I'm putting their blood all over me and pretending to be dead because yep. there's always two killers and they are not checking in with each other of who killed who. Right. Would you like uh, the attack on Normandy? Right away, I'm shooting myself in the leg and I'm lying down <laughs> on the beach and I'm just like, I'm clean. Like, nobody attack me, please. Got a nice little well, nap out of it, too. Yeah, and I'm going to take a little nap. I shot myself in the leg. Now I can take a nap. And then you wrote the best song in the book, My Nap in Normandy. Uh, in, for the first two episodes, I have talked great things over uh, the. Uh, villain Gravik. Yeah, mm-hmm. this episode was insane. He mm-hmm. is the worst. He went from one of the best to one of the worst villains. Uh, he sees a painting. And he's like, "Look at that! You can live in oil or you can live in blood. I want blood. I want blood." Mm-hmm. And then top that off by saying, "What is this? An espresso? A little bit of coffee? I'm gonna pour so much sugar into this <laughs> cup that you're gonna be intimidated." <laughs> By me forever. Like, this is now a bad villain. Ryan, that moment made me wonder, is like he is he a fly? Like, why does he like so much sugar? That is so much sugar in such a tiny little coffee cup. Like, is he from the planet uh, that the original Men in Black people attacked? Does he like sugar water? Sugar. That's all water. I was thinking. <laughs> but like, like, is there something about well. the scrolls liking candy? <laughs> well, it's because I'm a bug. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm a, wearing an Egger suit. <laughs> is is there something... The other scrolls Haven't we seen Talos eating a bunch of candy? Are they trying to do a weird thing where the scrolls fucking love sugar? Oh. Yes, but it's if not did, badass, though. Well. No. I like a little bad. espresso with my sugar, then, don't I? <laughs> it, it, it was the first two he seems intimidating and badass and a man with a plan. Kill Talos. Unless, because he doesn't seem like a, I'm just out for vengeance of the guy who betrayed, who I think betrayed our ideals. He he seems to have a plan. That's what the show wants us to think. Yeah. You would kill Talos. Also, like, am I the only one that doesn't understand why Talos would have been a good leader if he's the one, like, his major flaw is that he cares too much and, like... His weakness is weaknesses. that he cares too much. Are you saying well, that he's he... the Papa Roach? Because <laughs> <laughs> they are all bugs. I think he used to be so a badass, but now his scars remind him that his past is real. And that's but, the like, secret invasion. We found it. Let's be honest, and like uh, all praise to our lords and saviors, Paul Tompkins and Drew Tarver. But you can't just go around saying like. Do not mention my scroll daughter. If you, if you talk about my scroll daughter. Yeah, that, that flip of like, well, I, I'm choking you and all these people could kill me. What? You'd all die. What is the point? Yeah, this, this, this episode was not good. that he choked, too. Can we just talk about that? He, he did a weird chokey. Am I yeah. just, am I just like. Gravik did or Talos? Talos, when he, when he choked Gravik. I was like, why? What? I was like, this is a weird well, choke. This is a it, weird you know what? Throats choke. Are different. It was in a weird way where, like, all, because, like, <clears throat> in that moment, which was an actual cool moment, right? Talos was there. He made a move. And then a bunch, like 30 Gravics stood up. Mm-hmm. This entire restaurant is full of Gravics. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But then he was able to stab him in the hand and choke him. And he just mm-hmm. did it in such a weird way yeah. where yeah. all the rest of the Gravics were like, oh, that's fine. Uh, that's not a threat at all. I feel like it would be more effective if he didn't like choke with one hand, stab with another. If he just stabbed with one hand, and, like held onto the shoulder or something. What is the, the what weird, is the like, scroll way of life? I don't. I don't scroll know. way of life is uh, stab with one hand, choke with another. That's true. Did you guys see John Wick Chapter Four? Yes. No. You did. I did. Okay, so Caitlin, do you remember the guy with the dog? Yes. Do you remember the Do you remember what show the guy with the dog was from? Are you talking about uh, Keanu Reeves? Are you talking? There's a lot of dogs in here, right? Winona Earp. It was from. He was from Winona Earp. He died early on, like the second season. Dolls. Oh. Dolls. Uh, he gets stabbed in the hand, and he is he is given a choice. Mm-hmm. Do you pull it out the weak way or the manly way? Yep. And Dolls in Chapter Four decides the manly way, which is not to pull the knife or not to pull the hand up above the blade, but to pull the hand out from the oh. blade. And Ooh. that's what Gravik does. does. And John Wick Chapter Four too. Right. All of them. And just, I think they are very connected to John Wick movies and Secret Invasion because <laughs> in one world everybody's a Skrull and the other everybody's an assassin. Man, I like right there. This this show is uh, way worse also, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's so bad. They also go so far where I was like. I'm trying to watch this TV show and I'm trying to like it. Then Talos has to go and insult like dogs and like why people like dogs. And I was yeah, like, that was a, that was a weird poll. This is uncalled for. Why? Why would you do this show? Like I'm already fighting <laughs> myself to watch this. And then you're going to tell me the, the main character doesn't like dogs either. Well, he's a lizard person. Caitlin. He's a fucking roach. 
Did you, did you guys see that lady that was on that plane that said that there was lizard people in the back of the plane? No. Okay. You should probably go on Reddit soon. <laughs> she said that somebody sitting next to her was closing their eyes in the wrong way. Like, left or right instead of up and down. That's awesome. And they kicked her off the plane. Oh, wow. Wow. And not the lizard person? That was the Man, best episode of Secret Invasion this week. <laughs> <laughs> that was your moment of the week? Yeah. No, but my honestly, my moment of the week is... A uh, opposite moment of the week, a terrible moment of the week, which is the espresso part. Like, you've got to be like, I've seen so many badasses act like badasses in movies and TV before. And to pour too much sugar into your cup, bro, is not badass at all. Get Just fucked. diabetes. Just uh, diabetes. Mike, what's your moment of the week? Uh, it is it is the the dolls move from John Wick chapter four. It skeeved me out, and I was like, "Oh, that was effective in a way." I think they meant it to be. They did something, which was rare for this episode. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, your moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week is when um, I we were well. It, it's like a bad moment of the week because I feel like mm. there's there, there's no good ones here. Will allow um, the oil painting moment. Mike, that one mm-hmm. like completely like i was already turned off from the show that one was like this is a bullshit show because with blood and what blood uh, we wanted to run with blood not yes. oil blood yes that whole moment because i feel like he was such a great he was like growing to be a good villain and then it's like i you're a cartoon character there's no this is it. redeeming yeah. fact for you you're not a person you're just i thought the first two episodes were so great in building up him and mm-hmm. this it was all deflated on him yeah. Also, can we talk about, uh, I think that last, on last week's podcast, we talked about like, so the wife, is. does he know that she's a scroll? He does know that she's a scroll. Yeah. But he, she, she's like, the wife is like, you left me with a blip, totally not your fault. And then you went to space for a long time, totally your fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to destroy the earth with those scrolls. No, yeah. no, that's it. Fuck you. I'm going to destroy this earth. That's not why, because she said last week, she said, I became who I was before I met you. So I think she was always a little... A terrorist. Terroristy. Uh, Her name is Terroristy. He knew she was a scroll. He, he didn't know she's fully working for Gravik. Right. That seems bad. Which it is, seems like she's bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, when she, she did get into a vault and she was like, I need to talk to Gravik, I think that was like, oh yeah, she's kind of probably bad. Next time you guys are in a vault, just say, I need to touch a graphic and watch the bank employee just be like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> what? Who the fuck is, happening? is that? How did you get in here? <laughs> Three times a week, kids come in here and say that to me now. Because <laughs> of how uh, important Secret Invasion is to teenagers' yeah. lives. It's all they're talking about. Um, I'm sure you it's guys got all the riz. already know, but it's Wednesdays on Disney+. Plus. That is it for the pull list. Uh, Mike, we're now going to go to your interview with Anamorphin Time. Um, can you give us a little teaser for that? Yeah, I sat down a while back with Tyler and Nate from Anamorphin Time, which is a defunct show, but started blowing up even more because their their Twitter, they're very active on social media. And you guys, the Anamorphin stands, nope, Anamorph stands, uh, they're out there. I thought I was alone, and I, it, they opened me up to a whole wide culture. And then we talked about how crazy it is that these weird, fucked up war crimes kids booked have gotten so big for weirdo adults. Uh, and it was a great time. Uh, it sounds great. Let's go ahead and go to that right now. Welcome to the crossover, Crisis on Infinite, Infinite Pods, the segment where we introduce you to other podcaster types doing cool things in the wide world of nerddom. Today's get time to fun podcast and active Twitter that breaks down the children's book series about war from the 90s, the Animorphs. Welcome, Nate and Tyler. How are you guys, How are you guys doing today? 
Feeling very defunct. Hello. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm feeling super defunct today. I have no funked. <laughs> no funked. In a defunct. I couldn't. None. I was like, this, this word doesn't feel like the right word, but I didn't know how to just say done. It, it's, it's done. Finished. It's completed. Done. Dead. Completed. In the ground. I mean, we're still alive. I think yeah. that's, that's yeah, the kind of key alive. part. We've taken K.A. Applegate out back and shot her in the back of the head, old yeller style, because she was wiling out. Oh, no, she was one of the good ones. Yeah, that's grim, Tyler. <laughs> oh, okay. It was like uh, the the uh, of Mice and Men. She <laughs> <laughs> That one's worse. Oh. <laughs> that's a worse analogy. Oh, God damn it. Uh, so let's let's dig into it. What for Because for, you can time it's out there wherever people get their podcasts. What was the show? Yeah, so Nate and I came together. 2019, we're like, let's work on a thing. So what was our thing? We thought, surely no one's ever made a podcast about the Animorphs. I grew up reading Animorphs. Nate had never read the Animorphs. We thought, why don't we read these books and talk about them in uh, an entertaining kind of way? And little did we know, there's like 200 Animorphs podcasts. But, you know, that was our thing. We we sort of went a little deeper into them than probably we should have. And then we started bringing on guests different animorphs fans every episode to help us talk about the books and so we just slogged our way well it's not really a slog but no, we, like, it, it we, was we, fun yeah we were a vector for getting fans on to talk about the thing they liked yeah right like we were we were just there to listen to to you know chat over the books with people that have just lived with the books for all of their adult life mm-hmm. uh, except for me i didn't i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> I, I was new uh right i think you, you knew that there were brain slugs, and you knew the covers, if I'm remembering yeah, I, that, correctly. Yeah, I, I knew there were brain slugs. I knew that there were the covers, and I knew from, like, prior conversations of people saying, like, yeah, man, these things are, are messed up and nasty. They're sick. <laughs> <laughs> they explode children. I'm like, whoa. I, yeah. should, I should find out what Animorphs is. <laughs> Not just children. Disabled children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they do melt those people. <laughs> Which, in terms of representation, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Although it's bad. No, I don't know. <laughs> strong st- strong statements. I can't make. I can't make that argument. We did. I think we did make that. argument. We did. Yeah, but we we did it long. We did it. What two and a half, three years? We did that. Yeah, we went through all of COVID. We did all of those books. We've covered all the weird books. We've done it all, and then we put it to rest. Yep, but I still like to post, so I still tweet. Yeah, I, I was surprised because uh, I found you via Twitter, and I, and I like Animorphs, and I run Pop Filters stuff, and so I was like, "Hell yeah, we're following them." And so when I looked into, it, I was like, "Wait, it's done." But you're you're, you're you're more active than on Twitter than most active podcasts are, which I I applaud you. I don't have much of a life, <laughs> and being being online, making tweets online is a lot more fun than facing anything. In my real or professional life. So I just do that. Heck wow, yeah. I should kill myself. That's really sad. <laughs> no, no because we, we've uh, shifted our talents over to a, a newer project, which yeah, is the uh, Bruce Campbell podcast. Yeah, we're working so. on something little, a little, little weirder now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Let's, let's put a stick on Animorphs for a second, and then we'll talk about the new stuff for sure. Because uh, I think people should continue to follow you guys in your creative endeavor, endeavors. Let's talk about your, your personal... Uh, nerd origin stories. Uh, Nate, what, what what birthed you into the world of nerddom? I mean, like, I was a nerd before I learned about Animorphs when I was, like, 36. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, like you know, I, I was a rural, like a rural nerd, right? Where I was like stuck in a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere uh, with no friends. So, hey, guess what's cool? Like video games and TV and movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you should spend all your free time. Um, yeah, and and you know, like so, my origin story was just like dealing with the isolation of uh, you know farm living in in uh, yeah. Melrose, Oregon, in like you know just outside of Roseburg. Um, and so, yeah, I, I watched a lot of movies, played a lot of video games over and over. Like I was one of those kids that would just play the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and you know, here I am today, a, uh, nerdy adult who definitely doesn't still play video games <laughs> like well, all the time. What were your properties? <laughs> what cracked you open to nerdy shit? Properties? I mean, like. You know, like the funny thing about Anamorphine Time is that there is like this subtle implication that has has to do with Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, that is right? confusing. Like, it's very confusing because we don't talk about it, but yeah, we never will. But like, yeah, I was a, I was a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers kid, totally. Um, that well, that wasn't the thing that cracked me open though. I think the thing that really got me was um, Final Fantasy. I was I'm, I'm a Final Fantasy guy. Mm. I don't know what. Else. I also describe myself, but you know, I'm, I'm into nice. that series. Well, you do, you do talk about Bulk and Skull. That is the one Power Rangers reference I got by listening to a smattering of episodes. Yeah, I, you know, what? Bulk it's and Skull underrepresented because we are Bulk and Skull. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry, no, we're both Bulk. Skull is skinny <laughs> because you can see his skull. That was the whole deal. That's his whole oh, deal, and I he's like, he like, he's like rough too, right? Okay, we're Finster and Babu. <laughs> yes. If we're going to get that, the Power Rangers that's closer. Oh, no. <laughs> Just once, I want to be a Goldar, cut. though. Yeah, we, we we could both do a pretty good Goldar. <laughs> Isn't that right, Nate? Yeah, we can pretty, both talk like Goldar. That's pretty good. <laughs> no, I'm, I have, don't throw that on me. Right, and then, Tyler, <laughs> what was yours? My is similar story... Uh, it sort of dealt with the isolation of having two drug addict abusive parents. So I would leave the house whenever I could. And mostly leaving that house was walking to a comic book store in Roseburg, Oregon called Heroes Haven. Still open, still owned by the same virgin and his parents. Although they might be dead. they I think COVID probably got them. Uh, so I would schlep down there with my friends. I would save my money to buy any comic book or action figure I could. And then... At night, when it was dark and I was scared and I had no escape, I would just watch movies, The Simpsons, and TV shows. So Simpsons was big for me, uh, but comic books, action figures, Power Rangers, all that was big. That that uh, busted me open, as you could say. Gross. Yeah. I mean, we initially like bonded over Simpsons, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah I think like the first like kind of goofs I threw at you were like Simpsons goofs, and I threw them goofs right back. It's gross. And now we're yeah, adult men who live together, first. making podcasts. <laughs> That's adorable. The dream. dream to live with your podcast co-hosts. <laughs> yeah, it's a dream. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, definitely not because of economic circumstances. <laughs> how uh, how yeah. old were you guys when you met? We were in tenth grade. We met nice. in yeah. wasn't it like a science class, like biology? It was one of those. I remember like computer lab situations. We also uh, bonded over uh, his U.S. history class. Yeah, that was Cause, good. Because we both enjoyed Schindler's List when the teacher showed it to us. 
We were cracking wise at Schindler's List, and she did not appreciate that. Well, what? Because we were te- well, we were teenagers. Yeah, we were we sixteen not- years old doing edgy comedy in U.S. history. Yeah, was- <laughs> you, you can't really internalize the horrors of death yeah. when you're sixteen. So for 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 the the animorphs. Animorph, so Tyler, you pitched Nate. You're like, here's what we should do. Did you have to sell them on read these children's books? No, because they're kids' books. They're like really easy to do because the. I'll speak for myself, maybe not so much Nate. I don't like to do a lot of work. And reading, rereading books I had already read and talking about things I already cared about and liked, that was easy for me. And Nate was just like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) I think Nate just wanted wanted to work on something creative. And I also wanted to do that as well. So it's like, well, why not? Why don't we just pick something and go with it? So let's do that. that, I mean, like, I. Wanted to know more about Animorphs. I think that there was something there that I didn't figure out. You yeah. know, like I think there's this. If you're outside of Animorphs, there's this kind of cultural mystery box about like what's going on with the covers. Yeah. What is what is this thing? Uh, yeah, and like growing up, I had a group of friends. We all lived near each other. Sorry, Nate, you couldn't be near us, and we would all like pass around these Animorphs books. So there was a huge thing. Awesome. For us. I had my older sister. We would talk about them, but yeah, I would. I, I was not a kid with a lot of friends. So was, I don't think any of us were. Yeah, is that a, a through line of all the Animorphs fans you've met? Is there kids who did not have a lot of friends? Uh, they either didn't have friends or they didn't know anyone else who knew about these books or anything like that. And one of the great prides of doing Animorphin Time, our defunct podcast, as you put it, was that I got to meet a lot of other people who had read these books and I got to help connect these people to each other. We've created a weird network of like – angry animorphs weirdos and <laughs> frankly one day i'm gonna hit the button and <laughs> we're gonna start a real change in the country <laughs> is, is there a, a tenor of anger in the animorphs fandom that doesn't exist as much in the uh the fandom that should not be named now or what other kids books i mean Chronicles yeah, we're all <laughs> we're all uh underdog weirdos those of us who grew up liking animorphs there's a reason we kept reading those books mm. because the depression like the depression, the body dysmorphia, like all that stuff, the trauma. There's a reason a lot of that like resonated with us kids. Like speaking for myself, I came from a very traumatic, awful home. So seeing myself represented in a book, like someone experiencing that and overcoming it, like that was pretty powerful, pretty important. And I think that's a big through line for a lot of adult no, animals. That's, that's awesome. You know, obviously not awesome to have such tra- tragic bullshit have to happen to you as a kid but no it was pretty that. cool like i can laugh at it now it's, it's, it, right. dude that was sick it was it was so funny when my dad pulled all of his teeth out with pliers right in front of me <laughs> that was so cool twisted that, that's don't but do that. i mean let's not do that i mean yeah i agree you shouldn't do that <laughs> but um like you know i think the the one thing that i appreciate as animorphs as an adult reader mm-hmm. right like i didn't read these when i might have say like needed them say Mm -hmm. but like the the thing is like an adult approaching it like you you realize like oh there's no sugar coating here it it directly addresses like real feelings that everyone experiences both children and adults Mm -hmm. and and it you know addresses them whereas like i think a lot of like you know young adult books let's call them because they're not really well children young adult books right like they, they kind of overemphasize the allegoriness of them yeah to the point where like you know it it doesn't feel 
as personal as like here is this bird boy who's very depressed. Yeah. He has he's experiencing real depression. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> total sense. How many people it feels like Tobias is their their connected character and he's trapped. And then is free in his trapdom. He just switches what traps he's in, but at least it's a trap he chose. Yeah, I, like I think like we we were both we're both Tobias boys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, like a lot of people throughout the entire series, like connected with different people. I think that like everyone got covered in some way or yeah. another. Like, yeah, yeah. All, all five of the Animorph crew. And and on, like honestly, I don't know if I identify with Tobias anymore because at least his father left. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, mine just stuck around. No, I won't make this about my dad, but yeah, I think Nate's exactly right. We did. We met all all the stars. We met them all. Yeah, yeah, and like that—that's the strength of the series. Like all five of these characters, you know, uh, resonate, especially to you know, like each person can pick their own and identify with their favorite and kind of get something out of that, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I, and I think how, cool. how how long before you were bought in? Did it take, it take a few you. before you were like, oh, I get this? Um. Yeah, I mean, like, it, definitely the first book, it was very much like, oh, cool, we're learning about a lizard. <laughs> right? And, like, the, the, I felt like I had to dig deeper for, for the coolness of it. But, like, right around the, the Tobias book, right? Mm-hmm. Like, book three, yeah. Book three. Like, that, that's when you kind of get it. Um, you know, I, I – well, even around, like, book two, like, it kind of starts to delve deeper. And I think probably, like, the, the authors – Right, you know, kind of were understanding what direction they were going around book three, which is, um, you know, dealing with the interpersonal lives of teenagers. Yeah, and and that's when I was like, oh yeah, no, okay, this this totally makes sense now that this because like a tragedy has happened to this kid, and so like now we're going along with this journey. I was like, yeah, I get it now. Um, the middle part though is like definitely. You know, the, where, where I kind of fell off a little bit. I lost I lost the thread when they went to Atlantis, even though it's my favorite book. <laughs> I forgot that they went to Atlantis. That's, that's crazy. Yep. They, they just showed not, up Atlantis. Not, not, not just Atlantis. Atlantis run by mutant people who want to extract DNA to diversify their breeding pool. Yeah, that makes sense for a kid's book. It doesn't have anything to do with aliens. They were just there. Yeah, they were just the <laughs> thing that happened in the world. Love it. I love does, it. Does it feel like because for a while I felt bananas because I, I loved this series as a kid, and then it, it felt like the world memory hold it. Like nobody was talking about it. Does it feel like Animorphs nostalgia is growing, or am I just finding the Animorphs fandom that's been there all along? No, I don't think you're wrong. And I, I think, like, what happened was that it was, like, right at the cusp of, like, Tyler, you're going to love this, new metal, where, yeah. <laughs> where things like this just weren't cool. Like, oh, you know, it was, like, it it, it felt too fantasy. And mm. so, like, you know, I think, like, that and just, like, all the other things that we liked as children were kind of seen as, like, I don't know, nerdy? Do you get that vibe, Tyler? Like, do you, do you kind of see, like, like, it, it went into hibernation in a way that, like, I think... Um, a lot of media does. Yeah, and they, and f- for a long time, these books were just those silly covers. Like, yeah, the people who would talk about them could only reference those covers because that's, I mean, they're striking, they're memorable. But the those of us who read them knew that there was some deep dark shit in there, and that f- there has been an online fandom for Animorphs since there's been online because we're all fucking weirdos. Like right around the time we started doing this, uh, Eric. Eric Raven's craft. He made some really good videos about Animorphs because he's a huge fan. And then the uh, what is it? The Ben Saint, 
like four hour long Animorph video that he was a part of. Those all sort of popped off, and people are like, "Oh yeah, I remember those. I remember those." And then now us being in the eighteen through forty five demographic in control of pop culture, we're bringing everything we loved as kids back because one, there's not really any new properties, and two, we just want to remember a time when the world wasn't choking us to death, or at least we didn't Even know. Even though about Animorphs it. is an entryway into the world choking you to death, yeah, yeah. At least that's a like. Dying in a war is at least better than dying slowly over many years watching your life get worse. <laughs> it's less of a surprise. <laughs> now, how, where did you find the – because I assume maybe, Tyler, you had all your years from a kid. Nate, where did you find the books? I found it very difficult to find Animorphs books in stores these so days. So there, there are three methods. Like one is I'm the big dummy who bought the digital copies from Amazon. Oh, okay. So I just re- read them on my iPad. Um, Tyler went to eBay yep. and bought nice. like you know just like this bulk box of random Animorph books, yep. and he kind of cobbled together the collection. Mm-hmm. The secret third way is that they're pretty, and I think they're like almost officially approved at this point. Just like online free copies out there. Yeah, you can reach right? out to me, oh. pretty much any Animorph fan. We can get you every single book for free digitally. Right, like and it's not really all that enforced. Like you know, and I like I, piracy is cool, and I think you should do it. <laughs> um, you know, I, like from what we've learned about Scholastic, um, they they don't need your money. You, yeah, you should just go right. and get that. Yeah, we can we can give them to you. <laughs> you'll you'll figure it out too. And you, you can just find it. Some of the later series books are so like widely out of print that trying to track down, say, book fifty two, you'll spend one hundred and fifty dollars just trying to get it. Damn. Yep. Not me though. <laughs> Have you guys fucked with the uh, graphic novels that they made a, a while back? Oh, we definitely do. Yeah, you, the you could say that. Uh, we there's we, a secret in like the third graphic novel. If you look really close at the uh, uh, page sixty one, you'll <laughs> notice two park rangers who look alarmingly like Nate and myself. Because is it true? The artist, yeah, it's absolutely true. The artist like put us in that. Chris Grind. Chris Grind. Give him a name. Chris <laughs> Grind. Awesome. Like the fucking incredible artist of these Animorphs graphic novels. Just also, like, just like a cool guy. And yeah, super cool guy. Like. <laughs> His other work is good, too. You should definitely check out Chicken Hair and Time Shifters. They're both good. Uh, Camp Nowhere, also good. But he's killing these graphic novels. Like, he's putting a visual language to Animorphs that I think they need. And Well, also, like, he's doing the right thing, which is, like, he's active in the community. He's like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm thinking about, you know, representing this this way. Is this cool? Yeah. And, like, sometimes people, you know, nerd communities, they do what they do and get (laughs) up in arms about something specific and he ignores it right yeah. <laughs> like you know but also like sometimes he listens like you yeah. know like he, he he's very good at like threading that needle of kind of understanding the emotions behind it but not necessarily like directly just grabbing scene by scene by scene yeah because he does have yeah. to adapt a lot of it and i think the changes that he makes serve the story i think he's really really fantastic at what he's doing oh that's yep. awesome i'm excited i have uh, i used to use libby to do ebooks through my library and i have the first two coming in about a week Pumped. Yeah. Oh, they're great. You're going to enjoy what's them. What's the most? Because so you tapped in, you found this. This helped connect a bunch of them. What's the most, the most surprising thing to kind of come out of that? Just how great people are, or they have been very nice. Like we've only met one truly awful person who's a fan <laughs> of Animorphs, and we bullied him completely offline. Uh, so bullying works. One uh, and two, <laughs> you don't let fascists into your fandom. No, like uh, we. We've met a lot of really cool, like, fun people that we would not have met otherwise. We even met a bunch of them in person in Atlanta. Like, when we mentioned that we had 
traveled with our soundboard across the world, it was to go hang out with someone we met through the podcast and who have met oh, wow. in person. Like, yeah, and it's it, it's awesome. been surprising that the guest thing worked too. Right? Yeah, like it, there there's so many things that like because like we didn't like vet these guests. We didn't say like, hey, are you right, good right. on on video? A lot of times their audio was just garbage. So I definitely polished up my premiere skills. Um, or not premiere. Sorry, audacity. Uh, not audacity. Audition. God, <laughs> too much software. Um. Yeah, and like, but like, a lot of times people, when they're passionate about something, are interesting. Yeah, and right. Like, you know, it was like super easy to to just get people to like engage and be enthusiastic and say really funny and or messed up things. <laughs> you yeah. know, and like, and as a result, I think the the podcast like this was is successful was successful um, because like just everyone involved just fucking loved Animorphs and wanted to talk about it. Yeah, except and you. On it. Yeah, well, no, I engaged on it. Yeah, I know you engaged on it. I'm just giving you shit. I can always talk about Atlantis all day. <laughs> Let me go back to the uh, Nartech. The Nartech and Queen Soko, my uh, goddess. <laughs> Take my DNA, please. Now that you, you as adults, adults have finished this se- the, the series pretty recently, favorite favorite character, favorite book. It sounds like the Atlantis one is favorite, Nate. Nate. God, yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> no, it's not. Because, like, I, honestly, like, I think the, the, the parts of Animorphs that I really appreciate is, like, when it when it just goes buck wild, hokey, mm-hmm. and just, like, you know, swings it. Um, like the Atlantis book. And, um, you know, Tyler, for, for picking, like, favorite characters, I say plural, mm-hmm. got to go with the Helmkrons, baby. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Helmkrons, if you're not aware, are, like, the, the tiny little um, alien creatures about the size that can they can just – Go into your bloodstream and take over your body. Um, and uh, they're sick, nasty freaks. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a society of girl bosses, too. That's right. Yeah. They keep all their men in basements. And yeah. They, and they murder Good. their presidents. Yeah. Re- real answer, Tobias. But real, real answer is Helm Kranz. <laughs> uh, so, favorite character, favorite book. I got to do the cliche, Tobias, book three. Yeah. I, I think it just, I think it's the best book. In the entire series, I think the messages it contains are still, like, super effective and prescient for children today. And that's what kept me reading. That's what stuck in my head. That's the autographed cover I have framed in my house up on the wall. Nice. Like, I can't I can't pick anything else. I love that book. It's perfect. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, so Animorphs is done for you guys. Tell me about this Bruce Campbell, Campbell podcast. podcast. Oh, let's tell you about the Bruce Campbell podcast. <laughs> so the Bruce Campbell podcast is not an Evil Dead podcast. No. I feel like that there's a lot of confusion there. Like, no, we're here to explore the actor Bruce Campbell. Yeah. And, you know, mainly just kind of take him, go through his journey and figure out who he is as an actor, who he is as a person, and why we're so drawn to Bruce Campbell. Uh, like me and Tyler, we, we, we're big Bruce Campbell heads. Like mm-hmm. we – drove ha- like all the way across the state to see him once he was talking at a college yep you know um it it, it was this kind of obsession f- between us for for many many years and so the the podcast is to figure out why why are we obsessed with bruce campbell mm. a he's amazing i mean like yep. you know he's a talented wild actor who just gives it his all to whatever he's doing whether it's like a you know triple a movie or like a a D movie? Yeah. Does that exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's this podcast we we look at all of his like books, his video games, his TV shows, his movies, anything he's in because 
no matter what he's in, he brings this frenetic energy and like he throws everything into it every single time. Like you, he cannot turn it off and he's become this sort of weird fig, like figure in pop culture, not pop culture, uh, nerd culture, horror culture. No, it's pop culture. He's, he's carved out a place in pop culture that is only him mm. and it, it's, it's things only he can do. And I think that's worthy of examination. That's awesome. When does that come out? Oh, we are ongoing, baby. It's happening oh, right now. It. Nice. What's yeah. it called? Yeah. It's called the Bruce Campbell podcast. <laughs> oh, good. yeah. I mean, that's SEO friendly. Love it. We, we you gotta just, be explicit. You gotta you gotta know what it's about. Yeah. We also Bruce Campbell did not take the name. No. So we, we're gonna take his name. It's ours. <laughs> it's ours now. You and if he wants it. it, he has to be a guest. Oh, he's not invited. Yeah, yeah. He's no, not. He, he cannot come on. Ted Ramey, Sam Ramey, anybody who's worked with him, yeah. Right. Round. So, so how this works is I'm gonna start with asking a question a previous guest asked, not knowing who my future guests would be. Then I have a few speed round questions, and then the final question is you have to make up a question for future guests, each of you. This is from uh, Taylor from – she just changed the name of her show. For, Taylor from Sisters Assembled says, what book slash media do you want to see adapted to a TV show or movie? Oh, come on. <laughs> I, this seems obvious. and This seems like a trap. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bible. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I think they've done that one actually. Yeah, oh yeah, there was that Caviezel movie. Uh, never mind. Uh, I mean, Animal Wars. Animal Wars. I don't know. I honestly, I'd rather see. Was it? Was it I want to see. Show? Yeah, there was, and it. <laughs> and there, there's been several attempts at a movie. It's got some. It's got some gold in it. It's also got a lot of trash. But I think genuine answer. I will say. Hear me out. Showtime miniseries, Infinite Chest. Okay. <laughs> I can see them attempting. I'll buy it and never never watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> what you got, Nate? Uh, you know, I'll give a real answer as opposed to your, your fake garbage answer. There we go. Good. All right. Because, like, uh, adaptations are such a wild thing to me because, like, don't uh, like don't adapt Animorphs, right? They're, they're books, and I think they should remain as books because, like, I mm. think that – you know, the, they they were constructed as books and, and, like, you know, graphic novels make sense, mm-hmm. right? But they're they're ultimately, like, a different thing. Yeah. You know, you kind of get away from the essence a little bit. Um, so instead, if we're doing adaptation, I'm going to pick something that's impossible. House of Leaves. Ooh. Miniseries. Good one. <laughs> good one. Right? Yeah. And, and just make it this, like, weird art project, right? <laughs> you know, th- this thing that really can't be, like – can't be adapted right? right like i think by design house of leaves you can't adapt it if, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it you know like pages turn upside down or like footnotes are like 30 pages long it's a it's a wild book you should read it um but that that, that, is, my that is an interesting both of you chose unadaptable properties and i love what that says about you <laughs> damn right yep <laughs> ambitious i think <laughs> now we'll get to some easier questions first nerd thing you bought with your own money uh scarface dvds and a ghostbusters two-pack x-men uh trading cards mm. Yeah, I, I got one oh, yeah. foil of Colossus. Actually. Oh yeah, oh, I guess, guess yeah. we have to count that, huh? Yeah, I was big into those Marvel trading cards. Yeah, that's how I got to yeah, know the Hildebrand man. Yeah, God, I wish I had those. They're probably worth money. Okay, I, I wouldn't sell them. Though. One of the first things I truly bought was the clear Venom action figure 
from KB Toys in the mall. Wait, clear? Yeah, he Why was clear because he was in stealth mode. He was invisible. Nice. <laughs> that sucks as if an you, action figure. If you look up clear Venom action figure, it first fucking fictional ruled. crush slash current fictional crush. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Lewis from RoboCop. RoboCop's partner. God, I'm I'm gonna give like such a cool answer that feels wrong. Aeon <laughs> Flux. Oh, good one. <laughs> right? That is a cool good one. <laughs> what yeah. about what about current Nate? Current Nate. Also Aeon Flux. No. I mean kinda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me let me think of it. Uh Lady Dimitrescu. Oh. Or how do you say that last name? Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu, yeah. Resident Evil Seven Lady. Uh step on my head, oh, please. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crush me like a melon. God, that's good. Um, let's see here. For me, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the lead from Barbarian, like the oh, the uh, with the the milk monster, not the milk monster, <laughs> that lady, and the also the 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 Pennywise, like their chemistry was Scar, wild and that it was threatening. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like I like I like watching that dynamic where it's like it's leading one way, but it's also kind of threatening. I mean, did, did you want to be like the third in that? Just watch. Which okay. fictional character do you think you could make into a cake, or make a cake, cake in the shape of? Not like oh, okay. It's <laughs> like oh, who do I want to murder? Uh, SpongeBob Square Square Pants. He's 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 square. Yeah. Fic- fictional character. Uh, I'm gonna go Toad. I think Toad has a good cake shape. From oh, I was thinking. Yeah, of fr- th- I was thinking of Frog from Chrono Trigger, <laughs> not not Mario. No, I was actually talking about Toad from X Men. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. hey, Nate, do you no. know what happens to a frog when it gets hit by a lightning bolt? Love it. Thank you, David Hayter. Uh, yeah, if no, you I'm could change any TV show by making the lead character a baby, but the plot stays the same, what TV show and character do you choose? First season, True Detective. Wow. <laughs> what if it was My a nice. baby killing all those children? <laughs> what if it was a baby? <laughs> uh, how about House of the Dragon, except Rhaenyra's a baby? Yeah. That would make a lot of those sex scenes really bad. Yeah, that was show. awful. It's not good. I don't like. I don't like that. We'll make the king. We'll make the king a baby right, in House of the better. Dragon. What if the What if the king was dying of syphilis when he was a baby? Last question before you have to come up with a question for a guest. Uh, last truly great thing you watched, or because you have your show, show was about books. Last truly great thing you read. You can choose. I'm going to go with the movie Babylon. Now, stay with me. Uh, It's a three-hour-long epic starring Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie. And if you're not sold after the first eight minutes, the movie's not for you because the movie starts with an immigrant pushing an elephant up to a hill because it's the Roaring Twenties, and the rich guy wanted an elephant at his party, and the elephant has diarrhea all over the main character. <laughs> and it's it shoots all over the camera. It shoots all over everything. It's the first seven minutes of the movie, and the movie just goes and continues to top itself from there. It's got an incredible performance from Tobey Maguire as a creepy, drug-addled kingpin who leads them down into an underground Sex dungeon where a muscle man eats a rat, a live rat. I'm so in. go watch Babylon. Okay. Yeah, you know, I've thought about this. Demon City. Oh. The, the reason why is that Demon City, I think, that 
it's hard to find, which means you, that's how you know it's good, <laughs> right? Like it's mm-hmm. near impossible to live find. action, not li- the li- yeah, live action, not the anime. There's this live action movie called Demon City, um, and the, the, I think the only way, really way to, to kind of sell somebody on it is that there's a, a, a scene where all these demons are, are kind of hanging out, and this one demon is playing a pinball machine that's a person. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Quite practical effects. It's from <laughs> practical, the early practical effects. Yeah, from the like, early nineties. Oh, the early nineties. Awesome. Schlock is all hell. Um, definitely like wire foo all over the place. Um, I love it. Yeah, it's um, great. Sweet. It, it's very very latexy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I love it. All right. Finally, question for the next guest. What piece? Of, what piece of media that everyone loves that you hate? I like that. I, I like that anger. Yeah, no, the, no way home for me. Yes. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <that's> a, <laughs> Famously, no way home. I yeah. we actively dislike no way home. Yeah, no way home is a cancer on movies, <laughs> and, and I I will defend that if you come and fight me for it. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Do you do you want it pop culture related or just anything? It could be anything. Okay. Um. Apart from all the normal ways, like comfortably at home, surrounded by loved ones. How do you want to die? I like that. That's we'll take the next interview in a different direction. Yeah, exactly. Thank you both. The final actual question: Where can people find your shit? Uh, We we hang around Twitter. Yeah. um, So you know, at Anamorphine Time or Mm -hmm. at Brucey Pod. Um, you know, you can find the podcast on where podcasts are sold. Everywhere, Uh, pretty much everywhere. We're we're dumping everything everywhere. You can't stop us. Yep. Um, you know, you can find me personally at bait Noid on Twitter. Um, you can find Tyler at bear nurse on yeah, Twitter. Cause I'm a big hairy guy. Who's also a nurse. Yeah. It checks out. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, so, uh, anamorphine time, it's still up and ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, the Bruce Campbell podcast also up and going anywhere and no. we release every it, other week. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It's too much fun. Yeah. Awesome. We can't stop. Hey, thank you again. It was great to meet you guys. Thanks for uh, spending some of your Saturday afternoon with me. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been a blast. Yeah, we apologize for all the uh, – I apologize for Tyler. Yeah, and I'm sorry <laughs> about the Bible. <laughs> we are back from that interview. Mike, 10 out of 10. Great interview. Thank you. Absolutely loved it. Um, it is now the end of the show, though, so I got to talk about some websites. And when I say I got to talk about some websites, I absolutely mean Mike has to talk about some websites. Um, Mike – Tell me about them, boys. I'm Mike. You're Mike. Okay. First, if you want a website, you should go to our friends who make websites at cybersprout.net. Second, if you like the shit we do and you want more of our shit, you go to popfilter.co. That's just CO. Popfilter.co. Uh, throw a little slash Amazon on the back of that. That's how you shop at Amazon now, motherfucker. Popfilter.co slash Amazon. Do you want even more of the things we do, you little weirdo? You go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier, you help support us directly, and you get even more of our voices in your ears, you fucking freak. You like that? Is that what you wanted, Cassie? <laughs> I guess. I didn't know you were going to come after all of us so hard, but you did get the information across, so I guess that is what I wanted. Thank you, Mike. Um, we also have another show on the network, and uh, Ryan, can you please tell me about that show? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the world of Movie of the Year. What if TV was... Hold on. Bear with me here. Instead of being like an hour or 30 minutes of bullshittily shot bullshit with screenplays that are bad and cameras that are stupid, what <laughs> if there was like this world where you can go into and like 
they made like this two hour perfect piece of art. That's what movie of the year covers. Uh, right now we're working on 1973, where every movie that comes out is like this perfect, low budget, sweet ass, well dressed, well set, perfect piece of uh, sexless porn. Ryan That's how I would fuck describe movies. I know, Dale. Every movie is equal <laughs> and wonderful, and I love it. Uh, movie of the year, please follow, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, thank you. We also have social media. Um, Caitlin, I'm going to take this one away from you. I am going to give it Good. back to Mike because there's breaking news. We're we got a new social media. Yeah, we're on Blue Ski at Pop Filter. We've had one bloof so far, or skeet. That's what they call them. We've had we've skeeted once. We've skeeted once. Um, a bloof coming out soon. I'm sure. And uh, yeah, we've skeeted once, and then there will be bloofs. Uh, check us out at Pop Filter on Blue Ski. If you get the invite code, uh, hey, let me know if you need one, and I'll get you one. Where can you let me know if you can't bloof us? Instagram at your Pop Filter. <laughs> DM us there. We're not on Threads yet, but I'm sure we will. Finally, <laughs> other Twitter clones that will die soon, or we can get on them. Can't wait to make these short profiles. Um, you can also reach out through email. Our email will never die unless we don't check it. In that case, it kind of <laughs> dies. Um, that's contact at popfilter.co. You can reach out to us that way. Next week, um, you guys, it's going to be a big episode because we are going to say goodbye to Superman and Lois or Superman and Lois is dead. And we're going to long live with adventures with Superman. Um, for My adventures with Superman. Your adventures? Mike's adventures. My adventures. What? Fuck off, bro. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For Caitlin, I'm Ian. For me, I'm Ian. Bye, everyone. Bye.